The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. The Mind Aware, 148. Gratitude, I think, is the greatest thing for moving you up the emotional scale. And happy speaks to opportunity. I can do whatever I want. It's my life. What would wake us up every morning with so much juice? I had such passion and I could see this vision. Hello, everyone. This is Dana Wild with the Mind Aware Show, and welcome. Well, I have a treat for you today because I know a lot of you are really trying to step up and step out and find your voice and step into your celebrity. Aren't we all? You know, we all have those little voices in our heads, don't we, that say, oh, gosh, you're not good enough or you shouldn't be doing this or all of those doubts that come upon us. Well, today I have the Tony Tennille with us. You might remember her as part of the pop sensation duo, The Captain and Tennille. She has a new book out. It's her memoir, and I'll tell you something. It's so interesting because she talks about all the different phases of her life. I mean, she grew up in the segregated South. She had her years on the rise as part of the Captain Tennille, and now her rich and full life that's come after she split up with Daryl Dragon and what kind of courage it took to get out of that relationship and really starting life on her own after 39 years of marriage. Well, I know we're going to learn a ton from her, and so without further ado, welcome, Tony. Thank you, Dana. I'm really pleased to be on your show. Thanks. Well, I'm excited to have you here, too, and I, I think what was interesting for me about the book and learning about you is that, you know, you're such a, a huge, larger-than-life icon for so many people, and yet realizing that you had some of those same self-doubts in yourself, even coming up in your career, you tell a story in the book about playing for the Beach Boys early on, and could you tell us more about that? Well, actually, um, Daryl and I at that point were just working in clubs, you know, trying to make make some sort of a living. Um, but Daryl had been with the Beach Boys for six years as a backup musician at the time I met him. And um, the Beach Boys' regular acoustic piano player uh, was going to take a year off and finish his degree. And so Daryl said, well, you know, do you want to do, do the gig? And I said, well, now, wait a minute. First of all, I'm a girl. <laughs> and I said... They have never heard me play. And he said, well, that's okay. I talked to Carl Wilson, and I told him you could do the gig. And I thought, well, okay. Now, I had 10 years of classical piano, but uh, which which came in very handy to me for many things that I did. But I thought, well, uh, I'm just going to jump into it. I'm going to try. Daryl's already told him I could do it. So uh, Daryl and I spent two weeks, and he went over all the different parts with me, what I'd be you know, required to play. And then we got on a plane with the rest of the Beach Boys band and crew and flew to Binghamton, New York, and they had never heard me play. 
And I thought, oh, my God, what am I going to do if they don't like me? They don't think I'm playing well. It's going to embarrass Daryl, who recommended me. It's going to embarrass me. And I thought, well, you're here. You know, you, you better go for it. So the first sound check that we did before the concert was the first time that Carl Wilson, who was the Beach Boys music director at the time since Brian had quit touring, I said to Daryl, how am I going to know if I pass? He said, well, you'll see Carl will come over and listen to you play sometime during the sound check. And then if he moves away and keeps playing, that means you're fine. <laughs> so I'm playing and I'm keeping, you know, I'm trying to look out for Carl to see if he shows up. And then out of the corner of my eye, I see him come up next to me while he's still playing guitar and listening to me play. And a couple of minutes later, he just moved off. And I looked over at Daryl, who was playing all the other keyboards, and he just kind of nodded like, okay, you're fine, you're in. But it was very <laughs> scary because... They had never heard me, and I was a girl, and they were the beach boys. But I'll have to hand it to Carl Wilson, who didn't care what I was as long as I could do the part. Yeah, really trendsetter, right? I love that. It's such an interesting story, I think, because I think sometimes we forget that people have doubts. Most people aren't just born with this super confidence that I'm so great and everybody's going to love me and all of this type of thing. Was there any point when you were really feeling like, okay, this is good, I'm doing well, people like me, I'm able to really bask in my success. Was there any kind of turning point for you? When I could say that to myself, that I'm yeah. successful? Well, um, you know, Daryl and I worked really, really hard to to get to where we were, both of us. We both, you know, had great music educations we knew what we could do where we were doing we could read and write music and together the two of us were really really good at creating recordings and i was a good writer i always knew that daryl thought i was a great singer and a really fine songwriter but that's all i managed to get out of him so i spent most of our marriage trying to please him and worrying that i wasn't good enough he respected me as a musician but I was trying to, you know, find his heart, and I never could do it. So that was a, a difficult time for me. And I knew when we had our first big hit, and I heard it coming out of the car radio, you know, love will keep us together, I went, that's it. We've made it. We have, we're being played on the top 40 station in L.A. And I knew that musically I was really a success. I knew, and as it went on, and we had our television show, and, you know, so many people seem to um, love what we did and idolize us. Of course, there were all the other, you know, there were the other critics who said, oh, there are a couple of squares, who cares what they do? But we still found our way, as I realized later, into the hearts of a lot of people. And, and I'll tell you another story about being insecure that might help some of your listeners. I remember um, years later when I started singing with big bands and symphonies without Daryl. He stayed home and I went out and did, you know, the songs that my dad had raised me on. And one night I was performing in San Francisco at a very famous room at a hotel there. And I did my show, and I was very proud of it. It was all the standards. I didn't do Captain and Tennille. Two reviews came out. Uh, that Two reviewers had seen the show the same night. One was a rave review, talked about how wonderful it was, what a great singer I was, blah, blah, blah. The other reviewer had nothing but horrible things to say about me. Oh, she had hated what she wore, she had terrible song selection, you know, she's not a good singer, blah, blah, blah. So I sat there, 
and I at first it hurt me. It just hurt me that he could be so cruel. But then I thought, now wait a minute. The other reviewer really understood what you were doing and loved what you were doing, and you will never be able to please everyone. You just can't. So you have to believe in yourself and believe in what you're doing and let the critics fall where they may. Um, I don't mind. I've never minded constructive criticism. It's the kind that's destructive. That's just such a powerful statement for everybody. You know, you're never going to be able to please everybody. And so please yourself and do the best you can. And you are just, that's just amazing. I love that story. This is Dana Wild with the Mind Aware Show. We're talking to Tony Tennille. You might remember her from the pop sensation duo, The Captain and Tennille. And I remember that show, Tony. It was so awesome. And I'll, I'll tell you, she's got a really cool new book out. It's worth your time to take a look at it because I think you will see yourself in her journey. It's her memoir. It's available right now on Amazon. You can head over and get it. And by the way, if you're more of an audio person, you can also pick it up on Audible. We'll be right back in one second. And when we come back, I'm going to talk to her about the courage it took to step out of her 39-year marriage. Be right back. Do you ever wish you had someone you could call for advice about your business? Maybe you want someone to look over your marketing strategy or evaluate your Facebook page. If so, then Buy Your Side from the Mind Aware is for you. Learn more at joinbyyourside.com. Buy Your Side is a program where you have access to the best experts in the area of direct sales, marketing, leadership, social media, and more. That's joinbyyourside.com. And we didn't leave out mindset or your personal goals either. By Your Side has happiness, nutrition, fitness, and tapping experts, too. It's your one stop for the best advice for the best you. Check out joinbyyourside.com and have the best coaches by your side. Hi, this is Dana Wild with the Mind Aware Show. We're having a really interesting conversation with Tony Tennille. She's from, you remember Captain and Tennille? Oh, my gosh. I'm telling you, I loved that music. I would listen all the time. Even today, it's still on my iPod. That's timeless stuff. Well, she has her new book out. It's her memoir, and she talks about everything about growing up in the segregated South, her rise with Captain Tennille, her eventual breakup with Daryl Dragon. And actually, that's what I'd like to talk about now because I think a lot of people stay in relationships just because they're comfortable rather than seeking out something else. Or maybe I should say just because they're uncomfortable. <laughs> I was going to say. Seeking out something else. <laughs> right? And so, uh, so Tony, talk about that because you were in a relationship for 39 years. What kind of courage did it take for you to, to eventually step out? Well, you know, when you're in a situation like that, it's, I, I don't really think of myself as courageous, but the problem, none of this is Daryl's fault. He was always what he is. He, he, he is just that kind of a person. I was raised in a very loving, very supportive family, um, and Daryl's family was very different. Uh, they were not affectionate. They were not loving. He had a very famous but very overbearing father. His father was an Academy Award-winning film scorer and a famous symphony conductor. 
and um, he was very, very hard on his five children, very critical of them always. Uh, and even it seemed to me, once I got to see the family in action, more critical of Daryl because Daryl was the one with the most talent of of the three brothers, uh, I felt, and I think that's true. So I, I understand why he was the negative, uh, inward person he was. But I always thought, because I always knew that love could conquer all, I mean, that's the way I felt, I thought, you know, I can bring this brilliant man, I can help him see and, and, and accomplish all these wonderful things if, if you know, he can see love and feel it and feel happiness and joy. So I made it my mission to do that. But as we went on in the marriage, I finally realized after many years, I was never going to be able to do that. And I, in this relationship with Daryl, was very lonely, uh, except for, you know, my family and, and friends. With him, I could never find the romantic vision that I had hoped for. But I hesitated for many reasons. One of them was I was so afraid to disappoint the fans who all these years had pictured us as this perfect, loving couple when we really were never that all those years. And I thought, oh, my God, we're going to break people's hearts. It's going to be really hard. So I lived in Prescott, Arizona for eight years just being a regular person. I never did any national interviews. I worked with my dog at the hospital as a therapy team. Um, I did just regular things with wonderful friends I made there. And finally, with the support of those wonderful friends, most of them women, I call them the Council of Wise Women there in Prescott, and uh, and my family, and, and the help of, I'll have to say, a wonderful uh, woman therapist who finally said to me one day, I'd been seeing her for weeks and weeks trying to figure out what I could do, and she said, Tony, you know what you want to do. You know what you need to do. Why are you hesitating? And I say, I said, because I don't want to disappoint the fans. And she said, Tony, this is your life. It's not their life. Sure, many of them will be disappointed, but they will go on and live their lives. You need to think about your own life. And I was 74 at the time that I was seeing her. And you know, when you're that age, you see, you know, how many, how few years you really have left of healthy mm-hmm. life. And you, and I wanted to live it in joy, and I wanted to live it in happiness, and that's when I made the decision. Wow. I just think you've said so much. I could make so many different comments, but one of the things I'm really drawn to talk about is that so much of our lives as women, and maybe this is true for men too, but I know for sure as a woman, mm-hmm. we are getting our joy based on external evidence or outside sources and Uh you know there's the idea of what will the other person think and how can I disappoint them and how can I make this person happy and what more can I give and this type of thing and and this crossover and the reason I, I say you are brave and you are courageous is because I think it takes a lot of courage to really step into your own joy and say okay what's going to make me happy you know how can I how can I live a happier life and I, I just I think your story just illustrates that so well if you could give advice to anybody right now about Mm -hmm. stepping more into their own joy what would you say 
Well, for me, it took me a very long time to make that decision, and I don't know if I could have made it any sooner. I really don't. But if you find yourself, now see, Daryl, through no fault of his own, is a very negative person. He's the kind of person that when you are trying to keep your spirits up, he drags you down. And I finally at the end felt myself going down into that miasma of negativity with him, and I had to extricate myself. If you find that happening to you, whatever the circumstances, don't be afraid to make the change. The world will go on. You know, things will just continue. And you will be able to hopefully find some happiness for yourself. And I think that's very important. I do want to make the, 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 I want everybody to understand that Daryl and I are still friendly. I call him and talk to him at least once a week or every 10 days. And um, he's he's happy. He's fine without me. And I will tell you one more quick thing. Um, oh, after I came back from New York and, and had done the Tonight Show and, and, I mean, the Today Show and a couple of other television things, um, I called Daryl when Caroline, my co-writer, and I were on the way to the airport to come home. And I checked on him and said, how are you doing? And he said, I'm doing okay. He said, I saw, you, I saw your Today Show interview. And I said, well, what did you think? And he said, and I'm quoting, I was proud of you. Yeah. And, and he is. He is. And actually, he's kind of excited, I can tell in his own way of being excited, at the interest in our music that has come back again as a result of of my, you know, with my memoir, actually. And yeah. I, I just felt so wonderful for him and wonderful for me, too, that the move I made ended up, looks like it's, it's good for both of us. Well, isn't that interesting? And I, I love that observation because so often people think that things are going to crumble or they're going to be worse. But maybe, just maybe, when you're, you're following your heart, you're also benefiting everyone around you, too. So I, I just love that. Really, really cool. Very nice. Anything else you want to add? What's coming up or anything that's going on before we say goodbye? Well, um, Caroline and I are headed for Los Angeles um, in about five days. We have, and we have five days of interviews. Uh, I'm going to present the music awards for the performing arts uh, uh, portion of the Daytime Emmy Awards. So that's the first time anybody's going to see me on a red carpet again or ever again. But, I heard about that. I cannot <laughs> wait to watch. That sounds really fun and really exciting. Well, I sure yeah. appreciate you being here. And thanks for being such a great example for all of us. It really is true. You know, when you stand up and you do what's right for you and you try to follow your heart the best you can, it really does work out for everybody. Thanks so much, Tony. You're welcome, Dana, and thank you for having me on. Thank you. And thank you, everybody, for being here. I mean, did you get this? Did you hear what she was saying, the thread that went through everything that Tony said? I mean, isn't it true that if you're out there, you're going to have those self-doubts. You may never feel 100% confident in yourself, but savor those moments just like she did. She has those moments of like, hey, I've made it. And if you find yourself looking at that external evidence, looking at the external world and saying, do they like me, maybe turn it around and say, you know what, I'm not going to be able to please everyone. So I'm going to do my best to please myself. There are always going to be critics out there, and I'm open and I'm coachable, but this is how it goes sometimes. And finally, when you're 
know that you are in a situation that is not bringing you happiness, don't be afraid to take that intentional action and move yourself out. Follow your joy. Follow your bliss. Step up into your happiness because you can do that today. You can start right now as soon as this is over. And we will see you next time on The Mind Aware. Well, it starts with you feeling good. So excited to have 15 to 30 minutes of just pure fun right now. This is going to be good. Yay! I love that. (laughs) Oh, that sounds nice. I'd like that. I'll Mm. get that for myself right now. Be perfect every minute of every day. Never have another drop of sugar. Because I think if you say that to people, everybody's going to freak out. Hi, Dana. It's great to see you. I mean, not see you, but be with you today. (laughs) What I found to be the secret... (laughs) <laughs> Who doesn't want to be great? I love it. You know, when you are clear, what you choose to have show up in your life will and only to the extent that you're clear. That's the amazing capacity of the human mind. Thank you for listening to the Mind Aware Show. And remember to check out our Facebook page at facebook.com slash themindaware. Please join us for tomorrow's episode. You deserve it. brother's friends have been camped out at our place for two days straight. Three. It's because of the Xfinity 10G network. Internet that can handle a house full of screens at once with like basically no interruptions. And it's only getting faster. When I was their age, internet like this was a pipe dream. You sound like my grandpa. Please go home. Introducing the next generation 10G network only from Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas.